hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to It's Murder Time. I'm your host, Maddie Hamela. And before we dive into, or I tell you what this week ep- this week's episode is, um, I just want to clarify something. We covered Gacy on Friday, and I may have left out something. Uh, I was doing a little diving in over the weekend, and I realized that there was some evidence that Gacy may have had accomplices. Uh, there were a couple of murders that his attorneys had said were uh, he was out of town for. However, um, a jury convicted him on all 33 murder charges. So I got to go with the justice system on this one. However, if we ever do find concrete evidence that he did have accomplices, then let's go get him. Let's go fucking dive in. Let's you, you committed murder, man. We, we did not forget. Okay. Um, without further ado, we are going to dive into David Berkowitz, AKA the son of Sam. Now here's a little tidbit to tie Joe over. Uh, he's still alive. He is not dead. So, uh, Yeah. That's an interesting little fact. Um, Well, let's get to it. Hello again. All right. Well, let's dive into David Berkowitz. So he was born on June 1st, 1953 in Brooklyn, New York. Now, he is actually still alive in, I'm going to butcher this, sorry, uh, Shawangunk? I hope that's right. I don't know. Uh, The correctional facility there. Um, So his victims are a little weird because he didn't kill everybody. So he is attributed to six deaths and ten wounded people, including a stabbing. So his crimes spanned from July 29th to 1976 to July 31st, 1977. So almost exactly a year. He was convicted uh, and got 25 to life for each of the murders. Um, He was arrested on August 10th, 1977. Let's talk about his early childhood. So he had a pretty rough early childhood, not going to lie. Uh, So he was born Richard David Falco. His mom was Betty Broder, an impoverished Jewish woman. Um, And she had an affair with Joseph Kleinman, who originally wanted to get rid of the baby. Uh, I didn't find if that was via abortion or via adoption. Um, But here's the thing. Betty Broder, as you may have noticed, and Joseph Kleinman were not married, as his last name was Falco. That's because Betty Broder was married to Tony Falco, who abandoned them, but never divorced them. Uh, But never divorced Brody. So it was technically an affair, but he was not there at all. Uh, So... Berkowitz was described as a difficult and violent child. Um, He, so shortly after he was born, Betty Broder and Joseph Kleinman agreed to give him up for adoption. And he was adopted by Nathan and Pearl Berkowitz, which by the way, Pearl is a beautiful fucking name. Um, Just wow. Beautiful. Uh, Unfortunately, Pearl died in 1967, and her, his dad, Nathan Berkowitz, remarried in 1971 to a woman that Berkowitz really didn't like, didn't like her very much. Um, well, the dad also not only remarried, but he also moved to Florida, Sands David. Uh, he, David was a smart smart kid who just was not interested in school um just like originally he was interested in the beginning but just like slowly lost interest you know 
how how the American school system works. We all know it. Um, he had a childhood fascination with pyromania and petty larceny. So, like, that'll come back up a little bit later. Uh, he was a baseball player and loved the game, which, you know, I don't really love baseball, so there's another reason not to like it. Uh, he was a definite bully. Like, there are multiple... Uh, situations that have been described where he is just a dick. Um, fast forwarding a little, he joined the army in 1971 and was act was active duty until 1974. However, he did avoid serving in Vietnam. Um, I almost don't want to say it like that. Cause I don't know if he like avoided it in terms of like, just made it so that he didn't go or, what but he did not serve in vietnam he was stationed in the u.s and in south korea now during after he got out of the army and was honorably discharged uh he toyed with christianity in his own words um and he found his birth mother which like so far everything seems fine little sketchy start but seems okay um well after a couple of visits with his birth mother, uh, David learned the circumstances of his birth, and they quote-unquote fell out of contact, uh, which I think is code for David was disgusted with how his how how he came to be and no longer wanted any contact. And I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with giving up your child for adoption if you realize you are not a proper parent or you do not wish to be a proper parent, please give your child up for adoption. Please make sure that they find a loving home that will take care of them. You know, like I I don't I don't think Betty did anything wrong in this aspect, besides maybe have the affair. But uh even that I can understand a little bit. Um so he had worked several jobs, uh some as like a, a manager at a grocery store and stuff like that. I think he was the manager at McDonald's at one point. Um, but he was also a security guard because, you know, he was in the army. That's a good job for someone just out of the army. But like, I can only imagine the person who hired David hearing about all of this shit that happened later and looking back and being like, I hired him for, for security. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> um, so he also worked for the U.S. Postal Service, which uh, really does give a whole new meaning to the phrase going postal. Because <laughs> one could argue that he went postal. Um, I don't think he actually worked at the U.S. Postal Service during the time, but I didn't find any specific details about that. Um, so a couple of things. One, I'm going to call this his first question mark uh, because he claimed that these were him, but it's never been confirmed or tied to him and he was not charged with these. So he claimed that his first victims were in late 1975. He had attacked two women with a knife on Christmas Eve and one of the victims was never ID'd but the other victim was hospitalized and she could not ID him, unfortunately. Um, and again, I'm, I'm going to remind you of this multiple times, but he's still alive. He's never been. Sorry, guys, cut off a little bit. Um, but he's never been charged with those murders. He's still alive. So it's I mean, you could make the argument that he needs to be charged with them. And I I do think he does if he. You know, if he, if he if he committed it, if he committed the murders, and it's not him just talking out his ass, which we'll see he does kind of a little bit. Um, so let's get into the victims slash survivors and this shooting spree. Um, the first one starts July 29th, 1976. Now this is Jody Valenti, who is 19, and Donna Loria, who is 18. Now... Jody survived and Donna did not, unfortunately. They were sitting in uh, Jody's car. He came up and shot three times. Donna was killed instantly, but Jody survived. 
she didn't recognize him. She wrote, uh, she, she sat for a sketch, which was later confirmed to look like uh, David Berkowitz. Um, Jody's dad, which how awful is that to, uh, sorry, I guess I should say how awful what it is. is. <laughs> um, so his dad her dad gave a statement saying that he saw a man sitting in a yellow car and other neighbors had said that they had seen that same yellow car driving around and how I, that and that's what i'm saying is how awful for his for her dad to have seen the 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 man uh david berkowitz sitting in the fucking car and and find out later that that's who killed her how awful so after processing the scene, police found that it was a 44 caliber bulldog that ha- that killed Donna and injured Jody. Um, there was very little media attention at this point, and you'll see that until about uh, the fourth shooting is when it really starts to heat up on the media side of things. Um, fast forward a little bit. October 23rd, 1976. The victims were Carl DeNaro and Rosemary Keenan. Now, here's the thing. There were differing stories. Some say she survived. Some say she died. I do not know. Um, I do know that they were sitting in, a, sitting in their car, windows shattered. They didn't realize they'd been shot at at first, even though Carl had taken a bullet to the head. Um, neither saw him. They drove away and got some help. Uh, Carl DeNaro was paralyzed, uh, from the waist down and, um, police suspected that they thought, uh, David Berkowitz thought Carl DeNaro was a woman. He had, I mean, a little credit. He did have very long brown hair and it looked very luscious to be honest. Um, but again, it was a 44 caliber. However, it was deformed, so they couldn't match it to a specific gun. Um, now here's, here's the rough bit. Uh, Rosemary's dad, which by the way, they were 19 and 18 and boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, Rosemary's dad was a 20 year police detective veteran of New York PD. Which, how awful. Um, and again, not a whole lot of media attention. Uh, this time, the police hadn't even connected it yet because they happened in two different boroughs of New York. Um, November 26th slash 27th, it took place at like midnight. Uh, 1976, there was Donna DeMassey and Joanne Lomino. And Donna was 16, Joanne was 18. They were walking home from a movie that had just gotten out. They were chatting on Joanne's porch. A man in military fatigues walks up and asked for directions. Now, here's the thing. Both... Sorry, I lost my place. Um, Both victims said that they thought it was military fatigues, but they looked different. And so it wasn't totally that it was almost military fatigues. Um, well, he stopped and asked for directions and in a high pitched voice, and I'm going to do my best impersonation and it's going to be terrible. I promise. Can you tell me how to get, cause he said it in a very high pitched voice. Both girls specified. He said it in a very high pitched voice. So he starts off with, can you tell me how to get? And pulls out a revolver, shot each girl one time, and then just fired a couple more times for the for shits and giggles, you know? Because <laughs> fuck it, why not, right? Uh, and then he ran. Um, the neighbor said that they saw a blonde man run by with a pistol in his left hand, and um, which directly contradicts what... Uh, what Jody Valenti, the first person to survive, said, because she said he was a dark-haired man. Um, so Donna DeMassey was shot in the neck, but it was not life-threatening, so she got lucky. 
And then Joanne Lomino was shot in the back and she was paralyzed. Um, again, it was a 44 caliber bullet. They couldn't match it to a specific weapon. There was, again, minimal media coverage. Now, January 30th, 1977. Now, we kind of come up on to the media spectacle starting now. Um, this was Christine Freund, who is 26 years old, and John Deal, 30. They were uh, engaged. So this was in Queens. Um they were getting ready to leave for heading to a dance hall. They'd just seen Rocky come out um, in theaters. And all of a sudden there were three gunshots. John drove away to try and get help and suffered minor injury, superficial injuries, which wow. What a, what a luck shot right there. Right. Um, however, Christine was shot twice and she later died of uh, died at the hospital of her injuries. Um, now this was the again it was a forty four caliber, unable to determine the gun type. Um, so this was the first public statement connecting. Uh, this was the case that the first public statement connecting the murders slash the shootings was made by NYPD. Um, originally at this at this point in time they thought they were looking for multiple suspects which i can understand why it happened in three different boroughs and each one was a different victim type it, it was it would not be a very easy thing to connect other than that it was a 44 caliber bullet now here's the thing is if there were multiple suspects. Then every single one of them is using a 44 caliber bullet. Whether they're using it, using a bulldog or not at this point was not determined. Um, and for the most part will remain inconclusive um, as well as it will be still be, it is still inconclusive if there were multiple people um, involved in these shootings. All right, March 8th, 1977. This is, and I am so sorry, Virginia. I am going to butcher the fuck out of your last name. Virginia Voskrichan? I don't know. I, I, I'm going to go with that and then just not say her last name again. Um, she was 21 or she was 19. She was in college. A uh, couple different sources even said she was 20. So I just figure she's in college. Um, now she was shot by a passerby in Queens and unfortunately died instantly. The 44 caliber bullet matched the bullet from July 29th, 1976 shooting. And that was the one where they were actually able to determine that it was a bulldog. So they were able to match the bullet from, uh, Virginia's murder to that July 29th, uh, shooting. Now, witnesses saw a man matching David Berkowitz's description running away from the crime and, and a teen running away from the crime as well. Now, here's the thing. They, the police determined that that teen was a witness later on, um, but I don't know. It seems a little sus. Not going to lie. A little sus. Um, March 10th, 1977. Now, this is not a victim. This is NYPD made a statement two days after Virginia's shooting, declaring that this, it was the same gun in all the shootings. Now, here's the problem with that. If you remember that I just said this, uh, three of those shootings were inconclusive and so you couldn't match them to a specific gun. So you cannot say that the same gun was used in all of the shootings. You can't. It's just, it's inconclusive. Um, but at this point, at this point, the media goes absolutely wild. This is when the story really kicks off. As soon as NYPD makes that statement, that declaration, every, the media goes wild. 
with stories, theories, who did it, who are the victims, where did it happen, when did it happen, all of it. Um, it even got international attention. The uh, a news, Newspapers with the Vatican, newspapers in Russia, newspapers, uh, a couple of Hebrew newspapers, all printed stories about it. So this was a massive case. Um, April 17th, the next shooting, 1977, Alexander Esau and Valentina Sorani Suriani, sorry, Suriani, uh, 20 and 18, respectively. They were in the Bronx, only a few blocks away from Jody Valenti's shooting. Now, each of the uh, Alexander and Valentina were shot twice um, and died, and Valentina died at the scene. Alexander died later at the hospital. Uh, Neither of them were able to give a description of their attacker before um, or after. Now, obviously not after. That was stupid. Uh, So now we're going to talk about the letters. Because this is when he sends uh, his son of Sam letters. Now... Here's the thing is I'm going to post on Instagram, the final page of the first son of Sam letter. Uh, Cause it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, so they found the first letter near Alexander and Valenti's bodies. Um, it was mostly written in block letters and very few capital letters, and it was addressed to NYPD Captain Joseph Borelli. Now, in this, he names himself Son of Sam um, in this letter, and of course, the media uh, got a hold, the police released a couple of the pages, and the media got a hold of it. And I'm actually going to read you this letter. I'm not going to read you the other one because the other one's different. But, okay. I am deeply hurt by your calling me a Weemon hater. And I'm I'm going to read it as a, exactly as he writes it. Okay? All spelling errors and all. I'm not going to try and correct it either. I am deeply hurt by your calling me a Weemon hater. I am not but I am a monster. I am the son of Sam. I am a little brat. When father Sam gets drunk, he gets mean. He beats his family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times he locks me in the garage. Sam loves to drink blood. Go out and kill, commands father Sam. Behind our house, some rest. Mostly young, raped and slaughtered. Their blood drained, just bones now. Papa Sam keeps me locked in the attic too. I can't get out, but I look at the at- out the attic window and watch the world go by. I feel like an outsider. I am on a different wavelength than than everybody else, programmed to kill. However, to stop me, you must kill me. Attention, all police, shoot me first, shoot to kill, or else. Keep out of my way, or you will die. Papa Sam is old now. He needs some blood to preserve his youth. He has had too many heart attacks. Too many heart attacks. Ugh, me hoot. It hurts, sonny boy. Sorry. I miss my pretty princess most of all. She's resting in our lady's house, but I'll see her soon. I am the monster, Beezlebub, the chubby behemoth. I love to hunt, prowling the streets looking for fair game, tasty meat. The Weemon of Queens are the prettiest of all. They must be... It, I must be the water they drink. I live for the hunt, my life. Blood for Papa. Mr. Borelli, sir. I don't want to kill any more, no, sir. No more, but I must honor thy father. I want to make love to the world. I love people. I don't belong on earth. Return me to Yahoo's. To the people of Queens, I love you. And I want to wish you all to wish all of you a happy Easter. May God bless you in this life and the next. And for now, I say goodbye and good night. Police, let me haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back. To be interpreted as bang, 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 uh. Yours in murder, Mr. Monster. Right? Isn't that fucked? What the fuck was that? And then... 
to top it all off, he, he just it's it's written like a crazy person. Like I I almost wonder if he had a psychotic break. Uh in 1976 in July 1976 because holy shit dude none of that made any sense I mean pieces of it did pieces of it did but like the Weemon of Queens are the prettiest of all I mean who who taught this man to write he went to school right (laughs) just kidding I know he went to school um but the second letter he sent was to Jimmy Breslin, a columnist with the Davy New. Uh, the, the, I'm loving it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, a Daily News columnist. Now, this was postmarked only uh, earlier that same day in New Jersey. Now, on the reverse of the envelope, so I assume like where you close the envelope, um, neatly printed. In precisely centered lines were the words blood and family, hyphen, darkness and death, hyphen, absolute depravity, hyphen, point four four. You know what? Fuck it. I'll read you the letter to here. <sighs> Hello from the gutters of NYC, which are filled with dog manure, vomit, stale wine, urine, and blood. Hello from the sewers of NYC, which swallow up these delicacies when they are washed away by the sweeper trucks. Hello from the cracks in the sidewalks of NYC and from the ants that dwell in these cracks and feed in the dried blood of the dead that is settled into the cracks. JB, uh, the columnist, I'm just dropping you a line to let you know that I appreciate your interest in those recent and horrendous 44 killings. I also want to tell you that I read your column da- I read your column daily and I find it quite informative. Tell me, Jim, what will you have for July 29th, uh, the one-year anniversary of his killings? You can forget about me if you like, because I don't care for publicity. However, you must not forget Donna Loria, and you can't let the people forget her either. She was a very, very sweet girl, but Sam's a thirsty lad, and he won't let me stop killing until he gets his fill of blood. Mr. Breslin, sir, I don't think that because you haven't heard from me for a while that I went to sleep. No, rather, I am still here, like a spirit roaming the night, thirsty, hungry, seldom stopping to rest, anxious to please Sam. I love my work. Now the void has been filled. Perhaps we shall meet face to face someday, or perhaps I will be blown away by cops with smoking 38s. Whatever, if I shall be fortunate enough to meet you, I will tell you all about Sam if you like, and I will introduce you to him. His name is Sam the Terrible. Not knowing what the future holds, I shall say farewell, and I will see you at the next job. Or should I say, you will see my handiwork in the next job. Remember, Miss Loria, thank you. In their blood from, and from the gutter, Sam's creation. 44. Here are, here are some names to help you along. Forward them to, ins- to the inspector for use by NCIC. The Duke of Death. The Wicked King Wicker. The 22 Disciples of Hell. John Wheaties, Rapist and Suffocator of Young Girls. P.S. Please inform all detectives working the slaying to remain. P.S. JB, please inform all the detectives to working the case that I wish them the best of luck. Keep them digging, drive on, think positive, get off your butts, knock on coffins, etc. Upon my capture, I promise to buy all the guys working the case a new pair of shoes if I can get up the money. Son of Sam. Now, under that was some sort of logo or sketch that had a couple of symbols combined into it um now breslin obviously seeing a massive opportunity printed it and begged him to turn himself in now this was the most sold copy of the daily news ever it sold 1.1 million copies which is a lot um, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but this is much more sophisticated than the first one. Much more sp- sophisticated. I mean, it's it's like night and day reading the two letters side by side. I mean, in one, you've got him 
misusing different words, uh, using misspelling words, and it's it's just it's so bad. It's so bad. But this one was both of them are handwritten. This one was much neater, much nicer, much more professional almost. Um it was a very, very odd, uh very odd letter. Um June twenty-sixth, nineteen seventy-seven. Sal Lupo, who was 20 years old, and Jody Placido, 17 years old, had left Queens and were sitting in a car. Suddenly, they heard gunshots. Sal was hit in his right forearm. Judy was shot in the right temple, shoulder, and neck. Now, both victims did survive. Neither saw him, but... Witnesses said that there was a dark-haired man in a leisure suit, which I didn't know what a leisure suit was, so I'm I'm gonna post a picture on ins on the Instagram post for you as well. Um, so they saw this dark-haired man in a leisure suit fleeing the area. One even got uh the car and a partial license plate. Ooh. Exciting. July 31st, 1977. And if you're any good with dates, you know that we're getting real close to his capture date. So this was just past... Excuse me. This was just past the one-year anniversary. Now, this night, police were all over the Bronx and Queens ready and prepared for the fact that he is coming up. He is coming up. Um, however, he decided to strike in Brooklyn. Stacy Moskowitz, 20 years old and Robert Violante, 20 years old, were sitting in Rob's car on their first date. Oh, what an awful first date. <laughs> what a truly terrible first date. <laughs> wow. Um, don't ever feel bad about if your first date goes bad. Uh, at least y'all didn't get shot in the head. <laughs> like, how horrible. I, I'm sorry. I don't want to laugh. But also, that's a shitty first date. At least none of my first dates have ever been that bad. <laughs> um. Well, a man approached the passenger side and shot into the car four times. He hit both of the victims in the head and ran off into the park. Now, Rob lost his left eye, which, wow, that's that's lucky as fuck. Um, that's super lucky. Stacy unfortunately died of her injuries. And interestingly enough, she was the only blonde victim that Berkowitz ever had, which is really interesting. Um... So this case was given to Detective John Falotico, I think. I don't know. Um, and he was given two weeks to solve it, or the case was going to go to the Son of Sam Task Force, which I don't really understand that. It's probably jurisdiction issues or something. Um, I don't really get why it didn't just go straight to Son of Sam Task Force, but maybe it's just because they had so much shit on their plate. Um, now... That same night, Cecilia Davis was walking her dog. She saw an officer write a ticket for a car, and then a man came up to that car afterwards with a what she described as a dark object in his hand. Um, she and him stared at each other for a bit. He seemed like he was contemplating something. She ran. She just bolted the fuck out of there, which by the way is exactly what you should do. If you don't feel a if you don't feel comfortable in a situation, just leave. You can leave. You're allowed to leave. That's something that I had a really hard time learning as an adult is you are allowed to leave. You don't have to stay there if you don't like it. <laughs> Like, that's something I had a really hard time with. Um, so she was walking her dog. She ran. He apparently fired shots at her. 
And she waited four days to come forward, which I, I get that because that's that's a terrifying experience to have. Oh, like, especially by yourself doing the everyday thing, like walking your dog Ugh, gives me chills. Um, so, of course, the police followed the lead and checked out all of the cars in the area that were given tickets that night. Obviously, they found David's car among them. Now, here's an interesting little uh, tidbit. Um, so, the guy... Uh, sorry, that's not where I want to start. Um, August 10th, 1977. Uh, so, they finally found his car... And inside there was a shotgun, maps of the crime scenes, a letter to a member of the task force that was uh, rather uh, not nice. It was not a nice, not a nice letter. Um, and they found a bunch of ammo. Um, when they caught him, he said, quote, well, you got me. How come it took you such a long time? Which, like, first off, fuck you, dude. Fuck you, man. They've been fucking searching for your ass for a year now, and that's what you're gonna say? Ugh, piece of shit. Uh. Now, Detective John Falotico was credited uh, by the NYPD as the arresting officer of Son of Sam. Um... I don't know if that means he actually did arrest him or it was because his leads led to arrest him or what, but there you have it. Um, now they found, they also found uh, a bunch of his diaries, which basically said he had committed a fuck ton of arson, uh, like 1,400 instances of arson or something like that. Um, so, Let's get into his confession, because, like, shit's wild here, guys. Alright. So, August 11th, 1977, um, he was interrogated for a grand total of 30 minutes, and confessed and said he'd like to plead guilty. Which he does. Um, now, he claimed that his neighbor's dog, who was a black lab, demanded the blood of pretty young girls and said that Sam was his former neighbor, Sam Carr. Now, here's a little interesting uh, connection. Um the Yonkers, where he lit, where David Berkowitz lived, uh, the Yonkers police dispatcher who took uh, a, a New York detective's call to schedule an interview with David, uh, the first per the police dispatcher's name was Wheat Carr, who is the daughter of Sam Carr and sister of Berkowitz's alleged I'm going to I'm going to really stress the alleged here cuz it is not confirmed uh his alleged cult confederates John and Michael Carr now if you don't remember why I'm saying all of these things it's because he said that Sam in the name son of Sam was his former neighbor Sam Carr he also claimed that Harvey, great dog name, uh, the neighbor's dog, uh, was possessed by an ancient demon and it issued irresistible commands. Um, a few weeks later, he was allowed to communicate with the press and he wrote to the NY Post and said there were more Son of Sam's out there. God help us. Which, like, nah, dude, stop. Stop. Just, like, get your prison sentence and fucking move on. Jesus. 
All right. On May 8th, 1978, he pled guilty to all, 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 all of the shootings. Um, and at sentencing, uh, he tried to jump out a seven-story window. <laughs> Obviously was restrained. And the whole time was screaming, Stacy was a whore. And Stacy was... Um, his final victim on July 31st, 1977. Stacy was a whore. Uh, and I, I'd kill her again. I'd kill them all again. Which, just like, uh, uh, creepy. On June 12th, 1978, he was sentenced to 25 for life for each murder to be served consecutively. He would be eligible for parole in 25 years. That would be 2003. Don't worry, we'll get there. Um, now, here's a little a little fun thing. Uh, a little revenge, so to speak. Um, in 1979, an attempt was made on Berkowitz's life. But of course, he can't give us anything. Um, his left side, The left side of his neck was slashed from front to back. And he needed 50 stitches. Now, you're thinking, well, they probably caught the guy who did it, right? Because, like, you know, he tried to kill somebody. Uh, no, no. Because David Berkowitz was such a strange and odd human being, killing people one day, saying that he's sorry the next, he refused to ID the person who had attacked him. And said that he was grateful and that it was the punishment I deserve. Which I can't disagree with you there, David. I do not disagree with you on that front. Um, so at all of his... Uh, at all, oh, sorry, I skipped past a bit. So in 1987, he became an evangelical Christian. And he said that one of his fellow inmates had handed him... A book and said read psalm 34 6 and i didn't know what it was and i was like well i'm curious and so i looked it up and it is as follows this poor man called out and the lord heard him he saved him out of all his thoughts which i can see exactly why that appealed to david 100 percent can see why that appealed to david um but yeah, he said that that was his start of uh, being an evangelical Christian. And he, for a while, he always wanted to stay in prison, in parole hearings. Um, he sometimes wouldn't even go to them, uh, which I don't understand. But okay, you know, to each their own. Uh, he said that he deserved to be in prison his whole life. That was in 2002. He was denied parole, obviously. Um, he was up again in 2016 when he said, I am no risk. I feel I am no risk whatsoever. Which I just got to be like, mm, but you, you, you went on a shooting spree and killed six people and injured 10 people over the course of a year. So no. No. We're going to go with no on that one, David. Uh, and you know what? The court system agrees with me. They denied his parole then, and then he was again up for it in 2018, was denied yet again. And he was supposed to have another parole hearing in May 2020, but obviously we got the Cove Cove going around and uh, it was pushed back. No new date has been set as of yet. Um, rewinding a bit to back in 2002, um, back when he still believed that he deserved to be in prison forever and uh, felt he was still dangerous. Uh, he wrote the DC Sniper during the DC Sniper case. You guys remember that in 2002 where there was a sniper in DC and it was this big thing? Um he wrote the DC Sniper via a newspaper columnist whose name changed in various sources I read. So we're going to leave it out. 
Um, but they he wrote and asked him to stop hurting innocent people, which I think is just fucking rich coming from the dude that fucking killed six people and injured ten. Like, mm, okay, bud, sure. Now, in 2005, a uh, a guy named... Uh, a, a newspaper columnist named Human, uh, Hugh, wow, what? None of that was right. Hugo Harmatz. Sorry, guys, it's been a day. Uh, Hugo Harmatz, um, he published his own collection of David Berkowitz letters called Dear David in 2005. David took him to court for it and was like, the fuck, dude? I didn't give you permission to have all this. I didn't give you, I didn't, you weren't allowed to do that. I didn't give you permission for that. Well, David said he'd drop it if Harmatz, Harmatz gave all of the money to the victim's families. And they ended up settling out of court and Harmatz returned all of the disputed items that had been like, oh, you weren't supposed to have that. You stole that. Um, and donated part of his funds from the book to the New York Crimes, New York State Crime Victims Board, um, which like is meh. I mean, I don't think you should try and make money off of other people's tragedies uh, via a book, like via something like this producing a movie or a book or a TV show or something about a killer. Um, I, I, I personally think that if not all of the money, a very large majority of it should go to the victim's families because what you're doing is you're profiting off of their grief. That's what you're doing is you're profiting off of someone's grief and to not give the people whose grief you are profiting off of any profit is kind of is extremely scummy and disgusting to me. Uh, but I die. I digress quite a lot. Uh, it's like, that should be the tagline for the show is just, I digress quite a lot. <laughs> um, so the one good, th well, I shouldn't say the one good thing, a good thing to have come out during the uh because of the son of sam murders was that he david berkowitz has gotten a lot of book deals a lot of movie deals a lot of tv deals all that shit uh new york introduced a law called son of sam law which says that perpetrators cannot make money off of tv book movie deals based off of their crimes so my interpretation of that is if they want to do a documentary about his early life and only touch on his early life, he can have all the funds from that. But if they mention the victims or they talk about the murders, then I think that that qualifies it at, under that son of Sam law. Um, and that son of Sam law is actually, um, uh, similar laws have been enacted in 41 states and has been enacted at the federal level. So, woohoo! Love it! Um, here's the thing is, the Supreme Court originally struck it down because it violated the First Amendment's right of free expression. Um, but New York revised and Supreme Court was like, sounds good! But so I know, I know, that's that's a lot, and it, this has been a very long one, but we still have more. Um, so let's talk about his life now, because he's still alive. Uh, so he now goes by Son of Hope, um, repeatedly claims that he is sorry for what he's done and that he wants to stay in jail. Um, he like reads to people and shit. It, it, it's, it's, it's very, uh, Ed Kemper of him, you know, <laughs> like very Ed Kemper of him. Um, but yeah, so I told you we weren't done. 
it was kind of a lie. We are done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that is the son of Sam, David Berkowitz. Now, if y'all want to follow us on Instagram, which is where most of the up-to-date information on this podcast will be located, it is It's Murder Time. If you'd like to shoot us an email, it is It's Murder Time Podcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, that's David Berkowitz. I mean, fuck, dude. This guy, like, I almost don't want to talk bad about him because he's still alive. And, like, I do believe that you can be redeemed as a human being. Um, I think it's, it's, it's another aspect when you kill six people and injure and severely wound ten others. Uh, I mean, dude, he, he killed six people. Like, I really can't stress that enough. Like, he killed six people. Yeah, he has done some really good things. Uh, he has... He's he's done some good things since being in prison. But that doesn't... I don't think that absolves him of having murdered six people and injured ten. And, and lifelong injuries, too. At least three of those people were paralyzed, and Rob lost his fucking eye. Like... Holy shit, guys. It just, it, blo- I, 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 I hate, I hate this man. <laughs> I hate this man. He just, he just goes back, back and forth so often. He goes from being this awful, I'll, I'd kill them all again. Stacy was a whore to, I feel I am not, I am no longer a threat. Like what? What? Dude, you how do you how do you how do you sit there in your life and go, yeah, I killed six people and injured ten because I said that a dog told who was possessed by an ancient demon told me to. But I'm no longer a threat. I I just I don't see how you can how you can make that connection. But you know, he ain't me. I ain't him. Good luck to him. I hope he finds what he's looking for. And uh, I also hope he never gets released because he does not deserve it. Uh, even though he's gone back and forth on whether he deserves it or not. Uh, I think we can all conclusively say he deserves to be locked up in prison for the rest of his fucking life. Um, and with that, we are done. Uh, have a great rest of your Friday, folks. I'll see you in a moment.